There we are. I think we're online. All right. Glad to see everybody. Merry early Christmas. And uh, as we get ready here and and uh, wind down for the uh, for the big day. So uh, we're so excited that you're here. If you join us online, we're honored to have you with us. And uh, so we can be a blessing anyway. Just reach out to us. We'd love to be praying for you and do what we can to be a blessing. But uh, glad you're with us uh, tonight as I'll see our candlelight service. Uh, uh, we are excited about it, and uh, we will culminate the night with the uh, lighting of our candles as we sing Silent Night. And uh, as we speak, we're getting having candles passed out. Just a quick announcement. Uh, tomorrow, we will have regular service, but there will not be Sunday school. So if you would, get the word around. Maybe you get home, post it, but uh, we'll put a post out. But uh, service will start uh, at regular time at 10 o'clock, but there will not be Sunday school. So you'll be able to sleep in a little bit. Uh, if you have any luck doing that, it won't help me any, but at least we can try. And uh, so, uh, but besides that, and then uh, also the following Wednesday after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's, we will not have Wednesday night service. So no Sunday school tomorrow and no Wednesday night service next week. So we'll be able to recoup from all the shopping and eating uh, and, uh, and move forward there. So uh, as we get these passed out, and uh, I will open us in prayer. And uh, yes, sir. Uh, yes, we'll still have Children's Church. Great question. So, all right. So uh, let's pray, and then uh, we'll get our uh, festivities going tonight and just have a great time celebrating the gift of our Savior and uh, it make big of Jesus. So uh, again, glad you're here. So uh, let's pray, and uh, we'll get going. Father, thank you for tonight. We thank you for the gift that we celebrate by the birth of Christ and the life that he led and the uh, ultimate sacrifice that paid uh, for the eternality of our sins. It's a gift. Of salvation and father tonight we celebrate that we give uh, uh, honor where honors due and we just recognize the greatest gift of all uh, came through a virgin birth and uh, it's a gift that blesses us eternally so we celebrate that tonight just ask that you uh, anoint our praise team empower them help us to lift our voices up in celebration mm -hmm. we ask all this in Christ's name amen All right, if you will stand with us, we're going to start this evening off with a midnight clear. Came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of To hear the angels sing, the 
precious promise coming back again. share a, a story we're very familiar with. <laughs> uh, I guess my granddaughter recognizes me. That's good. Uh, uh, it, it's a story that deals with the birth of our Savior, our Messiah, as we just sang. But uh, it, we've heard the statement, as we'll see in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, uh, let's go ahead and read it if we could. Mark should have it up there for us. We just have a few verses. It says, And so she, of course, being Mary, she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And then this is what we're familiar with because there was no room for them in the end. And uh, what I want to talk about is a little different approach as we're celebrating the birth of our Messiah we, you have to fight. You literally have to fight to make a conscientious effort not to get caught up in the seasonal hoopla uh, of the madness of the stores and the buying and the going and the doing. If you're not careful, Christmas will come and go, and the time that should have been focused on Christ was missed in a lot of ways. And, and so what I want to look at tonight is while we get caught up in Christmas, and nothing wrong per se in getting caught up in Christmas. It's a joyful time. Uh, it changes uh, the countenance of so many folks. So you take a positive where you can get it. But I think one thing we lose sight of, it wasn't a joyous time for, for Mary and Joseph. They didn't celebrate Christmas the way we celebrated Christmas. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Uh, you know, it says there's no room in the inn. Have you ever wondered why there was no room in the inn? I can only imagine what Joseph might have been thinking. Try to put yourself in Joseph's shoes or Mary's shoes. You know, at some point he had to think, all right, enough is enough. Here's my wife that has now become with child and we're not even married the scandal that went with that the ridicule the attack that was charged on them and for them to only at all times when all this is going on now caesar augustus calls for a census to be taking place 
and, and we can see where the, the, where the census took place and where Mary and Joseph were. It, it was somewhere around a 70-mile journey that they had to make. As Joseph walked and Mary rode on a donkey far along in her pregnancy. Not a good time to have a census. But consider, if you would, you know, it wasn't, again, a wonderful time for Joseph and Mary in the way we experience Christmas today. But soon Joseph and Mary would come to find out that as the wise men, the Magi, appeared, they realized and they were told, how did you come by way of us? And they were told about this miracle star that God put in the sky. And this star created by God purposefully to lead the wise man to them. I think it would only be fitting to assume and fair to say what Joseph might have felt. And I think I would probably have to agree, I think the same way. God, if you can put a miraculous star in the sky to guide the wise man to us, you couldn't create an empty room for us at the end? Wouldn't that not be a fair question on Joseph's part? You're the God of miracles. You're putting this star, miraculous star, to lead the wise man to us, and yet you can't even provide a place for me to lay my wife for the birth of who you say is going to be the Messiah. I think it's a fair question. If God can orchestrate miracle stars him coming up with a room is nothing. But I believe there's a tremendous reason why there was no room for Mary and Jesus. Because we know God's a God of purpose. And I think I'm going to point out three things. And I think it's uh, fair for us to consider. One, I believe there's no room in the end so that even from the beginning of his life, Jesus could completely identify with the oppressed, the poor, the outcast, and the needy. From the first breath that Jesus took outside the womb, he immediately related with those in most need. You ever thought about that? He was born in the worst of conditions and situations. When God became flesh, he demanded none of the world's comforts or precautions. Mary had no comfort. God knew that throughout history there would be oppressed, poor, needy people from every walk who at some point in their life would fairly look to the heavens and cry out, God, you have no idea what I'm going through. To which God could honestly reply, and Jesus, I know exactly what you're going through. I was born into it. I was raised in it. And I lived my ministry through it. So if Christ would have been brought forth in, in this room, and maybe he had, you know, he had first-class accommodations, and he had the best, so to speak, uh, you know, midwives at the time, and he was born in and had everything he needed, how could Jesus relate to those in need? 
2 Corinthians 8 9 tells us, For you knew the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through, though he was rich, yet for your sakes, our sake, my sake, he became poor, that through his poverty we might be rich. Christ gave up everything so we could have everything. Two, I think another good point we can consider. I believe there's no room in the end so that he would be reminded or we would be reminded that when we choose to follow God's will, it does not mean that we're taking on a comfortable life of ease. We're told in Matthew 16, 24, and Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Christ said, Look, I gave up everything so you can have everything. I was rich and became poor. I sacrificed my family so I could disciple you so you could disciple others. Christ never told us it would be easy to follow him. Number three, the fact there's no room in the end was the beginning of the fulfillment of the prophecy that Isaiah spoke of in Isaiah 53. In verse 3, he says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief from his first breath. And we hid it, we hid as it wore our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. So not only did Christ not have room, did they not have room for him at the end, In a lot of ways, we still don't have room for him now in our culture, in our society. Even Mary and Joseph were pushed out, and Jesus was rejected from his birth, and our Messiah was turned away at the very start of his life. The words, no room for you, has sadly followed throughout the ages. But what's interesting, he has room for us, though, does he not? It's an amazing and beautiful thing to me to think the same child came to find room for us. Look what it says in John 14, 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house it may not be your house it won't be the house that man makes but in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a room for you and so when we celebrate christmas as we should in the sense of making big of jesus I think it would help a lot if we'd slow down and realize that the way we celebrate Christmas wasn't as joyful to Mary and Joseph. What we celebrate in their life in the birth of Messiah came at great sacrifice and great cost. And yet we ended up telling them from the very start, sorry, 
we don't have any room for you. And really for the next 2,000 plus years, in a lot of ways, even today, we're still saying, "Uh, Jesus, I just don't really have enough room for you in my life. I'm so busy. I got so much going on. Get to you when I can. Thank goodness Jesus says, "Ah, we're full here in heaven. That wouldn't be good words to hear, would it? But Jesus assured us, though he was rich and became poor, he made the clear statement, hey, don't worry about an inn. You You don't need an inn. I'm building you a mansion. And in my father's house, you won't only have a room, you'll have a mansion to live in for eternity. No room at the end. Our job is to make sure there's room in our life for him every day. And to make sure we can share that hope and that promise for others that, hey, don't worry about the end. Understand there's a Messiah, a Savior that was birthed into this world, that lived a hard life, that died a cruel death, that was buried and rose again as prophecy testified, fulfilling the words of the old prophets. And he did it all and gave up his richness so we could become rich eternally. Man turned away Jesus, and Jesus says, that's all right, everybody come to my place. There's plenty of room at my place. So celebrate Christmas, we will. Enjoy Christmas with family and friends as we should. But I think it would help us keep things in perspective to understand what Christmas was, what was like to Mary and Joseph. And what Christ endured and what he sacrificed so he could bring forth the greatest gift that's ever been given to man. That's the gift of eternal life. Amen? Closing verse. It's not ironic. Just as Mary and Joseph knocked on the innkeeper's door asking for a room, Jesus still knocks on the door today revelation 320 behold i stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door i will come into him and i will sup with him and he with me all thing we have to do is answer if you're here tonight do a message like this illustrates the beauty of the gospel, the gift of the gospel. And what we talked about tonight is Jesus knocking on the door. The gift has already been provided. Life has already been given and resurrected. Sins have already been paid for eternally. Jesus gave up his richness so we can be rich. And he presents that to us as the gift, the gift of eternal life. The only thing we have to do is answer the door. Simply open the door and invite Jesus in to the end in our heart. And he will sup with us and be with us eternally. And we 
will have an eternal mansion with endless rooms as Jesus promised. I encourage you, don't leave here tonight. Just simply answer the knock on the door. Jesus is there. The gift is free. If you've never done that, if you've never answered or never accepted that gift personally, we got individuals, men or women, appropriately take you to a side room and explain to you with great clarity and simplicity the gift of eternal life. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what we celebrate. We've added to it our gifts and our celebrations. But Christmas is all about the gift. And though man turned it away at the end, Jesus says, I came to give everybody room. So I'm going to ask our praise team to come back up, and uh, we'll go through our, our service. We'll have two more songs, so we have a short video. And uh, during that video, uh, folks will be coming around uh, to light the candles. I ask you if you'll pass it to the person beside you, and, uh, and then we will close with Silent Night. All right, if you'll stand, we're going to sing Oh Holy Night now.
absence of light, the loss of direction, no frame of reference, the presence of fear and uncertainty, void, and then a light. It starts as a flicker. It's not glaring for all to see, but it's a light nonetheless. Beautiful and mysterious, helping us to see, guiding us, warming us, comforting us. It is growing. It is shining brighter now. In one timeless moment, something of heaven is birthed through the tears of a teenage girl and the cry of a newborn baby king. 
all of heaven is perched at the edge of the sky, watching, waiting. God is sending the light of heaven into the dark of this world, to the young, to the old, to the weak, to the strong, to the lost, to the found. He is coming to us. He is walking with us. He is dying for us. He is living in us. Our unthinkable darkness is being shattered by unbearable light. And we gather to see, to view with fresh eyes again, the light that all the darkness in the world cannot ever extinguish. Jesus is the light of the world.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for the gift of your life, that you're willing to step out of eternity past into temporal time to pay a price that only you were capable and worthy to pay. Father, we're so undeserving. But Father, your grace, your mercy abounds. Your love is personified through your sacrifice. We pray that through this remaining of the season, as we celebrate and festivities continue and families gather, that we take a moment and just realize what most Mary and Joseph went through, what the first Christmas was like to them. They were shunned. They were shut out. But all to bring forth the gift that gave us life. Thank you, Jesus. We ask all this in Jesus' precious and holy name. And everybody said...